1: Welcome to the New Books Network.
0: Okay, we are live. (laughs) Isn't it good to be live?
1: It is good to be live.
0: (laughs) So um, I'm here for the uh, Children's Literature Channel, the new Children's Literature Channel of NBN, the New Books Network. And I'm interviewing a wonderful author, uh, Kirsten Larson. Good morning. Good, well, good morning to you. It's, <laughs> it's evening in Israel, but um, <laughs> the sun's gone down here. Um, and uh, we're going to talk mainly about her new book, A True Wonder, which is a wonderful, wondrous book about Wonder Woman. And uh, if we have time, and I'm sure we'll have time, we'll also talk about your book of another female hero, a real one, um, Woodwire Wings, another book. So, so tell us, first of all, about A True Wonder. A clarion came out in September. A few more words about the publication, uh, the illustrator, please.
1: Sure. Um, so I um, I think of A True Wonder as a biography of the comic book hero, Wonder Woman. So the book talks about um, kind of how she was conceived, you know, who came up with the idea and how. And then I kind of trace her role throughout um, the last 80 years of history, uh, with particular, you know, how she kind of inspired some women in the um, second wave um, women's rights movement, and how she's, really come to represent a different type of hero for many women and others around the world. So the book is illustrated by Katie Wu. It came out from Clarion Books um, late September 2021, and uh, we are really excited to have the book on the shelves at last. Uh, I know both Katie and I were long-term, long-time Wonder Woman fans.
0: Okay, so uh, Kirsten Larson, what part of Wonder Woman resonates with you?
1: <laughs> well, um, so I'll tell you, a, a well, it's not a, a little secret, but uh, there in the back matter of the book, there is a picture that my mom took of my sister and I um, in the early 1980s in our Wonder Woman underoos. And we used to watch the Linda Carter TV show, which is how I first came to know Wonder Woman. Um, I did not come to know her originally through the comics. It was through Linda Carter on TV. Um, and my sister and I used to watch that show, and we would dress up in our underroos, and we would, you know, we made little paper tiaras and the bracelets, and we had. a ones you,
0: you'll, you'll have to help me here, Kristen? I'm from Canada. Mm-hmm. What are underroos?
1: Oh, underroos. Okay, so in the in the er, late um, '70s, early '80s, underroos were kind of like um, a tank top and underwear that were decorated with all kinds of. You could get different superhero underroos. So um, basically, they were little superhero costumes that you could wear under your clothes. So, you know, you looked normal, but underneath you were a superhero. So anyway, my sister and I would dress up in this and we made our own, you know, paper tiaras and bracelets. Um, so for me, you know, that really Wonder Woman was my first female superhero, you know, of course, now we have black widow, you know, she's had her own superhero movie and there's a lot of really amazing superheroes, um, for girls to look up to. But at that time we had really wonder woman was the main one. Um, so anyway, uh, all that to say, uh, I've always resonated with, with wonder woman. And particularly with this idea that, um, for her, it wasn't always just about the fighting. It was about justice and truth. And um, she wasn't always, you know, killing people and beating people up to defeat the bad guys. Sometimes it was just about wrapping them in her lasso of truth and having them change her ways. So this idea of having a different type of superhero, I thought was really cool.
0: Yes. And I, I thought that the book, uh, the book is really marvelous because it, it's, it's so different. It, it's, it's a book of about bringing the history, the history of a fictional superhero, to life and telling everybody about how Superwoman evolved, and and she has aged rather well over the past eighty years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say with especially with Gal Gadot, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and and okay, so let's because I live in Israel, right? Um, right. Um, she's really not mentioned in the book,
1: right? Well, because. Um, it's about um kind of the the creators so in a lot of cases not necessarily and, and the groundbreaking right so i talk more about i do talk about linda carter because linda carter was the first woman to kind of helm an hour long action show on tv um you know, on her own. She was the star of the show. And when it comes to the current movies, I focused more on Patty Jenkins because she was breaking down, breaking ground as a female director um, being put at the head of this major blockbuster movie. And at the time she was like the first woman to do that and the most well-paid woman um, to direct that kind of movie. So I talk more about Patty, it's more, you know, I ta- I focus a little more on the women who are breaking new ground in relation to the superhero. But of course, right? I mean, I love, um, I love Gal Gadot, and I love the way that she portrays Wonder Woman um, in the current movie. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan.
0: Okay, so here, here, this is your chance to reach out to her here, here <laughs> in Israel. She's actually Hello. close. She's actually closer to you now. She's probably in Los Angeles, but uh, okay. she. For for Israelis, you should know that she is a wonder woman because, you know, um, coming from Israel, uh, becoming uh, so perfectly fluent in English uh, and having her army background and her Israeli background and being able to uh, to be selected for this incredible role.
1: Yes. Well, and she and she is an incredible woman and has gone on to do more amazing things. I mean, I just watched her in Red Notice, which Um, I loved that movie, you know, red notice was, uh, so much fun with her and the rock and Ryan Reynolds. So, yes, I mean, there were so many, and that was the challenge of this book is there so many amazing women. There's so many amazing stories. And that's always the challenge with a picture book is having to make choices, right. And who to include and who do you have to leave out and where do you have to focus your attention to kind of follow that through line of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's always the, the,
0: the, the book, by the way, uh, here, here's an opportunity for you, uh, is wonderfully illustrated also.
1: Oh yes. Oh yes. He wants me. So I'll show you actually, um, the really cool thing about this book is that, um, Katie, it's a picture book, but Katie Wu illustrated it in graphic novel style or, or a comic book style. So you'll notice like she uses panels, which we're used to in comic books, right, the little squares. And people have, you know, word balloons, and we have sound effects, and we have captions in different boxes. So I thought it was really cool how um, Katie chose to illustrate the book. And she, of course, has a lot of animation um, experience. So really, I mean, she was a, in terms of an illustrator, she was a dream come true for this book.
0: Yes, it, it, and I should say because uh, most of the people are going to be listening to the podcast that this is a book that you should have. It's incredible on so many levels. Uh, but Kirsten, there's another level here of incredibility. Um, you know, mind you, I I'm I'm an older guy. I grew up on Superman, Supergirl, Superwoman, <laughs> and the Batman. Um, even though even though uh, Wonder Woman existed when I was a kid, but you know, um, and uh, you have managed to skirt. Several issues in the creation and the the interesting super trio that kind of created uh, Wonder Woman, and it's it's remarkable. You want to say a few words about that? How did you how did you you know bring this? How did you simmer it down for children?
1: <laughs> well, and that's that's always um, you, that is always the challenge, and so I think it's just a matter. Of, you know, so for me, the whole this whole story started and my connection to the story started with um, the new movies uh, that just came out a few years ago, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot. And what really struck me about the whole thing was that going to the movie was um, such a collective experience. It was such an event for so many women. And so, you know, I watched the movie with my sister and with my sister-in-law, um, which was especially meaningful to me since my sister and I had played Wonder Woman growing up. But, you know, as the movie With, came- with,
0: with the underoos.
1: With the underoos. Um, But, you know, so I think what struck me when the movie came out was just how Wonder Woman was such a touchstone for so many women and um, what she really meant to so many people and how she's really become a part of our everyday lives. I mean, we talk about strong women all the time um, as Wonder Women, you know, and when my cousin was going through cancer treatment, she put on her Wonder Woman T-shirts and, you know. Told herself, you know, I can do this, I'm a superhero. You know, and I've seen pictures of people posting um, on Facebook of, you know, their their female relatives who are COVID nurses, who are what, you know, go in their superwoman, you know, their Wonder Woman scrubs. So she's kind of this touchstone. So for me, really the focus was always how, how was she created, but also how has she come to mean so much to so many people? And really, you know, that's what picture book writing is all about is choosing your focus because any, any life, any history, any scientific subject could be, really complicated, but you, so you really have to think about, you know, what is the important message for me to get across? And then what do I really need to say? What parts do I really need to include to make that message um, evident? And especially when you're talking with children, you don't have to give them every piece of information. You know, you have to go, to kind of scaffold on what they know, build on their experience, and give them enough to make it understandable.
0: Okay, and I think that you did an incredible. Maybe you want to read a few a few lines uh, from the book. You did an incredible job, like a pinball machine, you know, giving <laughs> and and skirting the issues that are maybe you know better for adult uh, adult readers to read about the uh, the history of this uh, amazing saga. Do you want to read a uh, a few lines? Sure I
1: can yeah I can I can read a little bit um I'll set up I'll read the I'll start with the second spread and just read a little bit um so America 1941 the comic book industry is dominated by white men when Wonder Woman arrived in America she wasn't the superhero most people had in mind after all she was a woman But that was the point. She had an important mission to change minds about what women could do and to change the world. Her tale begins in tales across America. Comic books were everywhere. Kids gobbled them up morning, noon, and way past bedtime. But grown-ups complained. There was too much bang, pow, bam. They're a menace. Kids will become ferocious. We can't surrender to the comics. And I should say those last two lines are real comments from parents and teachers and librarians. So I think the the other aspect to me that's really interesting about writing a history of comic books is um, comic books, and you know today by extension graphic novels have always kind of been controversial, right? There have always been a subset of teachers and librarians who want and parents who want kids to read real classic literature and have who pooed comic books. Um, And so I think that's another thing that I found very fascinating as I dug into the history, because of course today there are still some um, adults who really don't want kids reading comics or graphic novels. They want them reading real books. Um, you know, books without pictures. Uh, and so that, that to me was another, another really interesting element. But I will say, you know, once Wonder Woman was created, you know, you talk about controversy. One point of controversy was her costume, right? So she's, she's wearing about as much clothing as I wore when I had my underoos on. <laughs> um, but I mean, initially she was given a skirt, uh, Harry, G. you know, Peter, who did her um, costuming, put a skirt on her, but they realized the skirt was really difficult to draw in action scenes. And so she ended up in this bodysuit, which, you know, parents were mortified, but the kids loved her, you know, the kids, the kids didn't care. So it's always interesting to me how adults view things versus how um, child readers view things. And
0: isn't this the, the story of picture books in a nutshell? Um, I want to ask you about your Wonder woman but before we do that, um, I have to admit that I uh, grew up on illustrated uh, classics as well, mm-hmm. and uh, my love for certain classics, The Count of Monte Cristo, for example, came from a uh, a, a comic book that I had.
1: Well, and, and I will tell you, I'm currently reading 1984 by George Nor- Orwell, the graphic novel.
0: <laughs> they're, they're, there you go, and I, I had I had to read the text. Um, so um, yes, I think there's a lot to be said for this uh, this wonderful history. Now let's talk a, a little bit about you. Um, start at the beginning. Talk a little <laughs> bit about yourself. You sure. Are, uh, you're 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 a, a, a Wonder Woman in publishing. You've published on <laughs> about thirty children's books. I mean, like one in the, you're like one in a million. You are Uh-oh. a Wonder Woman. So, Kirsten, how to <laughs> How did this happen? Start like I was born.
1: Right. Well, I'm not going to start with I was born, but I, I will start with you know, as with a lot of children's writers, I came to children's book writing um, later. I, you know, I had a previous career. I, when I was in college, I was studying um, journalism. I was working as a journalist at a couple of different newspapers, and when I came out of college, I went to work in public relations. I worked for NASA. Um, I worked on NASA's aviation programs out here in California, where I live now. And I also worked on the space shuttle and space station program. So I was very lucky to go to many space shuttle launches. Um, And I worked with the news media and I would help share NASA's story. So I've kind of always been um, a communicator and especially a science communicator, because some of my other picture books focus on science topics and engineering. Um, So, you know, that was a a wonderful job. It was a wonderful experience. NASA has a a great track record of really inviting the public in and inviting them to understand NASA's mission. So it was fun to be a part of that. Um, And then, you know, I did some some other work. And then eventually when I had my own children, they really loved children's nonfiction. And we would go to the library and they would go to the children's nonfiction shelves and they would pull out books about weather and airplanes and, um, you know, all kinds of things. And as I read these books with them, I thought, oh, you know, I could probably write these and I think it would be really fun, right? What a, what a fun job. Um, And so from that point on, you know, when my kids were really young, I decided I was going to figure out how to do this. Right. And so that's when I kind of became um, a part of the children's literature community and was really mentored by a lot of other writers and started studying the craft. So, you know, I kind of have two types of books. You mentioned I have um, quite a few books. So I did a lot of books for publishers that were part of series where, you know, I would write, you know, four or maybe even eight books on a particular topic. Um, and those were all part of series that were assigned to me. And I did the research and the writing and develop the content. And those Kirsten, came out how, very how, quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. How, how did you break in, though? Did you find oh. an agent?
1: Well, so there, there's two paths right? So that, that first path where I'm writing those books in series, um, I was basically sending resumes and writing samples directly to the publishers these are called work for hire books. So I was writing to these publishers saying, you know, I think I could write children's books for you. Here are topics I'm interested in. Here are some magazine articles that I've written and here's my writer's resume. And then they would contact me and say, Oh, we have a series coming up about, um, different types of robots. Would you like to write some books about? About robots. And I said, sure, that sounds great. So then they assigned me, you know, I have to write about drones, I have to write about hobby robots, I have to write about space robots. Um, and so then I'm researching and um, writing those. And those books typically come out very quickly. You know, I'm writing them one year. They're illustrated with stock photos. So you're not having to contract with an illustrator. And then the books come out the next year. So I've done, you know, over probably 20 titles of those types of books. And I, and you really don't need an agent for that type of work. So that was, that was fun. It was great experience for working, um, with editors and, um, you know, kind of a crash course in how to write for children. So at the same time, I was trying to develop my own stories and find an agent. And so I do have an agent now. Um, You know, I got an agent with my first book, um, Woodwire Wings, which is a picture book. Um, And definitely for writing for trade publishers, it's, you definitely have more publishers open to you if you have an agent. So I'm okay. very grateful ho- that I have one.
0: Yes, you're allowed to mention your agent.
1: Mm. Yeah, I have um, Laura Perkins. She's at um, Andrea Brown Literary Agency and she's a tremendous partner for me. She's um, great for brainstorming and really b- believes in the type of, types of books that I write. Okay.
0: But, um, uh, but uh, you are one of several thousands Uh, people that um, look for an agent and find one Uh, most agents receive thousands of queries a year and maybe they select five if they're really really hungry and probably only three and and you are one of the lucky and the talented people that found a wonderful agent and it's a great agency so um to what do you give credit i mean other than your talent
1: Well, you know, I mean, I think part of it is timing, right? Having the right story at the right time. Um, You know, I was signed with Woodwire Wings, which is a true story about Emma Lillian Todd, the first woman to design her own airplane, which flew successfully in 1910. And so, you know, when I signed with my agent in 2016, we were kind of at the beginning of a Trend for a lot of uh, women in STEM picture books, right?
0: Kirsten, I I, I want to uh, talk about you, your Wonder Womanness.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: you know, yeah, one in one thousand, or two thousand, or three thousand writers get signed to an agent. How did you find your agent?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the old-fashioned way, right? So I I wrote stories, I revised stories extensively with my critique. Group. I learned my craft. I took courses. I read books, and I wrote a lot of bad picture books, and I wrote some good picture <laughs> books. Right? I mean, we all have shut drawers full of picture books. Um, and so, and then I queried. Right. I have like, I
0: have walls full. Of- <laughs>
1: And like, like most people, you know, I sent out my first queries way too soon, um, and later realized my mistakes, but you know, I just, I just kept going. Um, and so that's the thing. I mean, you can't, you know, I don't think we can predict with perfect clarity, you know, whether we're going to be successful or when we're going to be successful. But I think one thing you need is to continue to develop your craft, to revise the heck out of your stories and always be writing something new because if, you know, I, I think sometimes we get stuck trying to revise the same old stories um, when maybe there's a fresh story that could, could be your breakthrough and you just don't know it. So it's, it's just, it's hard work.
0: Are you trying to tell me you, you actually found Laura through a, a regular query letter that you sent her? Yes.
1: Yes. In fact, I queried, um, I was querying a senior agent at the agency and, um, Laura was a fairly new agent at the time. And the senior agent, um, Karen Wiseman was like, you know, Oh, you know, I have too many writers already who do this type of thing, but we have a newer agent who might be interested in looking at your manuscripts. If you're interested in me sharing it with her. And I said, sure. So, you know, I had queried a, a senior agent at the agency and she said, would you be willing to Have this other so yes it was it was regular query letters. My my
0: my my, my readers and listeners have to um, realize how completely remarkable this is. It's like no really you're like one in a thousand or several thousands.
1: Well, Um, but I would say I would say most people I know who have gotten their agents have gotten their agents through old-fashioned querying you know like i i know twitter contests and things Mm -hmm. like that are very much in vogue Mm -hmm. but i think most people i know have gotten their agents querying the old-fashioned way by sending out yeah yes
0: but i I, i've interviewed 30 authors Mm -hmm. and most of them have met them prior or had some you know participated in some events that they were able. oh to.
1: interesting okay yeah no 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 oh. i said so i did research so i will tell you like i did research on publishers marketplace right so mm-hmm. i i got a subscription you can get a subscription for one month for like 25 dollars i looked up you know i did a, a search of who are all the picture book agents and then I kind of made a spreadsheet, I was going to send out queries, you know, in batches of five to 10 at a time. And every time I got a rejection, I would send out a new one. Um, and so I kind of had my, my list of people I was going to send to. And yeah, that's what I did.
0: it it's, been, it's remar- remarkable. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's talk about a uh, wood wire wings. Um, is there an attempt here to, I mean, you're, you're talking about another Wonder Woman, this time a real human being. Um, and is there an attempt here to set the record straight? You know, um, <laughs> you know, people, you should know that it wasn't just Wilburn Oliver. Sure, everybody.
1: sure. <laughs> well, and I think yeah. So that's that's part of it, and part of it um, was my own fascination with the fact that she had been lost to history. So I actually, you know, this idea. Uh, for Woodwire Wings came straight out of the best-selling book, Rosie Revere Engineer by Andrea Beatty, illustrated by David Roberts. And in the back, there is a two-page illustration of female first in aviation. And there is a picture of Lillian Todd's airplane. And David had written um, first woman airplane Desi- designer, Lillian Todd, 1906. Well, you know, how many people have read that book? millions probably. Right. But, you know, I had lived and worked around airplanes my whole life and I had never heard of Lillian Todd. I had heard of the other women on the spread, Bessie Coleman, Amelia Earhart. And so for me, it started out with who is this person and why have I never heard of her? And then when I started doing research, it, you know, it was, I think for me, I did want her to be written back into the the history textbooks. And I especially wanted kids to know women have been doing this practically since the beginning. I mean, she started work three years after the Wright brothers first flew their glider. And I wanted people to know. Hey, women have been a part of aviation since the very beginning. And here's this woman um, you should know about. So, yeah, I mean, it was part of part. I mean, it was partially my own curiosity and then also wanting to make sure that she wasn't overlooked by the history books.
0: S- setting the record straight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And who is the illustrator of that wonderful book?
1: That's So that's um, Tracy Subasak. Um, and one thing, you know, I'm always, the thing I find so fascinating about illustrated books is the visual story and how much is told in the illustrations and how much comes across in the illustrations. And one thing that I, I love about the way Tracy illustrated this book is she really kind of conveys the engineering design process in the illustrations by showing, you know, how many versions of ideas Lily and Todd went through. There are numerous illustrations where she has different models hanging overhead. Um, You know, here's one picture showing, you know, she's designed, she's coming up with all these different designs um, or she's drawing multiple versions of the airplane on paper. And so when I talk with kids about how you design and invent, we talk about the fact that you don't get it right the first time you have to keep trying and tweaking and testing and redesigning. And I love how Tracy's illustrations show that in the book.
0: Wonderful. And that book came out in 2020. That
1: came out in 2020. Um, Yeah, just uh,
0: the public, the the publisher is
1: it. Calkins Creek.
0: And um, so I have two more questions. You have to answer these before we leave. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The first is, why don't you write more fiction?
1: Oh, actually, I do write fiction. Well, I, 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 uh, I'm actually working on a, my, well, my first novel didn't, we chose not to submit it, but I I am working on fiction right now. Um, a novel. I think part of it is just, um, that I'm often motivated by my own curiosity and I enjoy learning. I mean, I would have been a perpetual student if I could have been a perpetual student. So for me, I always find true stories to be fascinating and I'm always pursuing my own curiosity. And I also find, um, that I'm willing to stick with a nonfiction story or a historical fiction story for a lot longer through the process of writing, revising, selling, editing, promoting. Um, they just tend to hold my attention a little bit longer, especially in in the picture book form. Right, they're a more meaty project because there's so much research and. Um, everything involved so especially for picture books um, and I also have a historical graphic novel um, coming out in a next year um, I just think those stories are they hold my attention a little bit better
0: okay so then that brings me to my last question for right now uh, it's very interesting because I was an inventor mm-hmm. um, and uh, so this is a, this is really a, a bit of an incredible uh, conversation uh, what were you like you, you write for 5 year olds 6 year olds <laughs> you you skirted the the issue in our whole conversation what were you like as a 5 year old
1: Oh what was i like as a 5 year old Um well i mean i think as a kid as a kid apparently i uh, i was very imaginative i was known for my mom well i mean i have vague memories of this but i would when we would drive in the car, I would look out the window and I would make up songs about like, things that I would see. Um, I have, you know, evidence on a report card from about the fifth grade that apparently I was writing a novel that I have no recollection of. Um, but you know, I think I was always, I think I was always very curious as a child. Um, my family, my father was in the military. We lived overseas. we, we, moved a lot, and so we experienced a lot of different places in the world, and I had parents who were constantly taking us on field trips, um, which we later complained about, you know, do we have to go to one more museum? Do we have to go to one more castle? Um, but I think that really fueled my curiosity, you know, and my desire to kind of be a perpetual student and a lifelong learner.
0: Okay, so... Um... Your, and, and in your uh, your uh, bio, bio, bio uh, mm-hmm. you say that you write for curious kids, and you were a curious kid. Yes. But but uh, why aren't all children curious? How they do we are. How, how do we reach <laughs> How do we reach the the ones who uh, aren't yet curious or weren't stopped being curious?
1: Well, and I think, I think the latter part is the, um, the important part, right? It's I think kids are naturally curious. I think that is, I think we're all naturally curious and, you know, I think, and I'm guilty of this as, as a parent too, you know, I think at some point. You know, adults get tired of kids asking questions, asking why or how and having to explain, right? So I think part of it is um, indulging kids as much as we can and having them explore. You know, if they're curious about something, there's a research project, right? Go off, go discover, go learn about, grab some books, go outside and mess around and, and figure out. I think it's just continuing to encourage kids to explore their curiosity and, and make mistakes, right? Letting kids know that making mistakes or getting things wrong is okay when we're learning and experimenting and trying for the first time. I think a lot of times um, we kind of tamp down on curiosity and creativity by not making room for mistakes.
0: I call them the real the, the right mistakes. I've written about making the right mistakes. Uh, certainly as an inventor, um, if you don't explode laboratories, really you, you get nowhere. Um, well,
1: exactly. And engineering and writing. I mean, how many bad drafts do we all have, right? Oy, you can't, oy, You. Yeah.
0: Oy vey, oy vey. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that that is um, one of the lessons that, uh, that uh, we uh, all have to teach and learn is that mistakes are really not a bad thing at all.
1: Well, and it's something as a writer that I have to constantly tell myself as well, because sometimes, you know, we can kind of be frozen with fear, thinking what comes out has to be perfect as we write it for the very first time. And that's never the case. I mean, the first draft is always awful. And I just have to tell myself that and get it down and then move on. But it's, you know, it's a constant fear. (laughs)
0: Our our challenge is to have have it going rather well at the 50th.
1: Right, right. You know, and yeah. Mm -hmm. People don't understand that. Well, and inviting people in to help you, right? To brainstorm, to think about what's working and not working, and then not being afraid to try it completely differently, you know, try it a different way.
0: Do you think uh, finally, uh, Kirsten, that you're that you're addressing young girls in particular or it's just because you have that experience as a. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think part of it, I think what fascinates me, um, you know, underdogs are people who society has certain expectations of, and then these people kind of turn those expectations on their head. I think that is a theme that really um, resonates with me because we have so many women who have been, you know, thought of in a certain way. I tend Mm -hmm. to write about women because that tends to be um, a female experience in the past, you know, Mm -hmm. few hundred years. But I will say that, you know, I have two boys and I think it is, equally as important for boys and girls to think about women as superheroes to realize that there have been women inventors, you know, for hundreds of years. I think that message is equally as important for men and women um, because, you know, when my boys go to, you know, in school, in college, at work, I, you know, I want it to be an even playing field for everybody as much, as much as we can make it.
0: I, I I couldn't agree with you more, and that's very interesting that you have uh, two sons. Um, you know, a, as a guy, I've always thought that that women are actually the more incredible sex of uh, human beings, uh, and um, certainly the the taking, you know, the the one wondrous history of Wonder Woman is such a is such a great idea. You know, writing a book about basically an idea that that morphed over. 80 years, and the basic message is so powerful. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I would talk to you for hours, but uh, <laughs> you, have books, you have books to write and, uh, and places to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, Kirsten Larson, it's been great having you on the show.
1: Well, I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you so much, Mel.
0: No, it was wonderful. And uh, when your new book comes out, uh, we'll do another interview.
1: That sounds wonderful. I would love that.
0: Thanks so much.
1: All right. Have a great evening.